everyone. Welcome back again for another episode of Our Brooklyn Bites, episode 31. I'm Leon. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we'll talk about some games and stuff. Yeah, so have you been playing anything this week? Or what has your week been like? I um, have been taken over once again by another Transformers Legends event. Oh, really? Event, yeah, if you can call it that. Which is which is ridiculous because they're running, they're doing reruns now, but you know, like kind of updated for the for the new power scale that's kind of been creeping into the game. So it's the same cards, just same artwork, same artwork, and even the same the same just event, higher same, numbers on the cards. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much, which is silly, and but you know, I don't know. Somehow I get pulled into it. I can't explain it, but I did make some time to play. Another game. Um, I played um, a little arcade classic. Um, really? Yeah. Well, just because um, you know, this week uh, the new Avengers film is out, so I thought, much like everyone else, I'm gonna play an Avengers-related game. Um, so I played Captain America and the Avengers. Mm. Um, oh, arcade. The arcade game. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, at first I thought, well, uh, I could play the Genesis version or I could play the Super Nintendo version, but both of those ports, I've, I've, you know, kind of looked at what the general consensus was, and it seems like the Genesis version was a little better uh, on that particular, for that particular conversion. But then I thought, well, why am I playing a home version of an arcade game when I can just play the arcade game? I mean, certainly some decent home ports of arcade games that are worth playing. But in this situation, it seemed like, uh, they were both kind of, um, not quite as good as the original game. Um, so I thought, let me just do a quick playthrough of the, uh, of the original arcade game. <clears throat> so this is a game that came out in 1991 by data East. And, um, it's pretty much a side scrolling brawler type game, much in the vein of, Double Dragon or any other game you could think of uh, of that era. Um, it's I believe the arcade game had up to four player simultaneous support. There were four different characters you can choose, um, including Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, or the Vision. <laughs> the Vision is that his name? That's the name. That's his name. You're not familiar with the Vision. <laughs> He's a synthesoid. So wait. <laughs> Don't you know these things? <laughs> what came first, Cyclops or the Vision? Um, that's a good question. I believe... I'm going to say Cyclops. Okay. But they're not... I mean, Vision is named Vision. Are they similar characters? Like, not at all. goggles or... Oh, no, okay. no. Vision oh. is a, an android, if you oh. want to call him that. Um, he's kind of, well, I mean, they label him as what I, like, <laughs> what I just said. I said he's a synthesoid, but they're really just, you know, it's, a, it's just another word for android. He's just supposed to be synthetic oh, the synthesoids, life. the guys from the G.I. Joe cartoon. Uh, what, were they in G- what were they in G.I. Joe? They were like this, like, pink, pink blob matter. Uh-huh. But I think Cobra Commander or Destro was able to make them look human. Hmm. But, like, so they would look like human, like, real human people. And then after a while, like, um, they would just start melting and they would have turned to, like, this pink blob matter. I, I remember that, yeah, yeah. The synth- synthoids, I think they were called. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess the idea is, you know, they're, they're artificial. It's, art- it's like artificial life, you know. Um, I guess it's the same, same concept. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's got some interesting powers, but 
in this game, you don't really see different powers from the different characters. They all pretty much do the same thing. They all pretty much jump and kick and and can punch and can and have some kind of um, you know projectile weapon or beam weapon or something like that. Um, you know, it's a pretty short game. It's only five stages, and they're fairly short stages. So a full playthrough didn't take much more than about an hour at mm-hmm. most. Um, I don't know. I thought the game was um, pretty simplistic. There really wasn't a whole lot to it in terms of gameplay variation. Uh, there were a couple of interesting things for a brawler. Um, <clears throat> I think... Um, you know, kind of breaking up the action is there were some actual shooting stages in between, which I thought was uh, a little unexpected. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like how so? What do you mean? Uh, well, so like as you're, you know, once you defeat a boss, mm-hmm. you would go on to the next stage, and you would be like flying through space, or you know, flying on the oh. water, or whatever. Oh, okay. You know, like, uh, some of these characters can fly inherently, uh-huh. but some of them, they just had to give them, like, jet boots or something just to get them in the, up in the air, um, flying around. Did, now, were there any cameo appearances? Um, yeah, there were a few. There were a couple of other characters that showed up. Um, Wonder Woman? <laughs> no. Well, Wonder Woman is not a Marvel Comics <laughs> character, so she would not be in this game. But you did get Wonder Man. <laughs> what? I bet you didn't know that Wonder Man. I never heard of Wonder Man. Is a I've Marvel heard of Wonder Dog, and I've heard of Wonder Woman. <laughs> right, but I guess it's only logic would only mean that there's a Wonder Man also. Yeah, Wonder yeah. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> These are various wondrous products, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Man is is a similar division. He's he's kind of artificial, but. Okay. Um, he doesn't really. He's not a playable character. He just shows up to give to like fly the jet or something that picks you up. Um, you also saw a cameo from Quicksilver. He showed up. Mm. He's a speedster. He he'll run onto the screen and well, he was in that movie, right? The last X Men movie. That's right. Mm. That's right. And he's actually in the Avengers movie. Again, oh, he is in this in the new is it one. The same character. It's the same character, but it's not the same actor. Oh, and it's not from right. the same studio, so it's oh. not even the same take on the character. It's very weird. The whole Marvel Comics movies rights thing yeah. are a little mixed up at the moment. He was like my favorite part of that movie. He was really cool. And he's, you know, got a part to play in this one, too. Um, he'll run onto the screen and just drop like a power-up or something, or like a health pack. Or, you know, that's kind of the equivalent. Um, you also see the Wasp. And she was... Um, Wait, that stands for a white... <laughs> no, no, no. This doesn't stand for anything. This is her code name. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she'll fly along with you during the shooting stages. She's like a hel- like one of those little helper drones that you pick up that, that shoot extra, you know, like take out enemies for you and things like that. So it's pretty interesting, though. You, you, you fight a bunch of villains, a couple of, like, a lot of the Avengers villains. Um... Some of them are like uh, the Living Laser, Shirley. He's one of your favorites, uh, <laughs> as well as Claw. Wait, is this DC or Marvel? This is Marvel. Him. I know. Sounds like some of their like ideas that were like in the garbage pail that someone picked out. These are these are pretty low grade villains for the most part. Eesh. I mean, you have you have Grim Reaper, you have Whirlwind. <laughs> You've got uh, Mandarin, who's a pretty major villain, but he's like kind of played down. Mandarin, like the orange? <laughs> yeah. Like a, a spherical orange creature and, that comes out? No, no. This was um, a slightly different <laughs> take on the word. I will squirt my acid juices at you. 
Well, he has power rings, and these rings all have different abilities. He can shoot flame or freeze you or things like that, you know? Mm. Like, um, he can create, like, decoys of himself. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no orange juice power. No pulp. <laughs> pulp attack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Little pulp, some pulp. <laughs> Uh, whatever happened to the, the different pulps that you get in orange juice? They still have that. They have they lots do. of pulp now. Right. But they used to have different names. I don't know what happened to that. They mm. used to call them different things. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> um, we do have an appearance of Ultron in this one, and he's not very... You know, his name kind of oversells him a bit. Um, but ultimately, the big villain here is the Red Skull. He's He's like the main baddie in this, and he's the reason that... The Avengers are trying to to stop his evil plot. And, you know, you find out that his evil plot is to build a moon base with a giant laser on it to fire on the Earth, of course. Classic storyline. Of course. And doesn't everyone... Marvin the Martian had the same idea. (laughs) Marvin the Martian, uh, you know... Uh, Dr. Evil, Mm, you know, they all... Everyone's obsessed with... uh, The guy from Flash Gordon, Ming, right? uh, Sure. Didn't he have that, too? Yeah, why not? It's it's a it's a, it's a villain staple. Mm. You, you got to have that. The giant death ray. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of the funny things in this game. Yeah. Uh, uh, the voiceovers are kind of amusing. Uh, there's like kind of a high pitched announcer type guy. He's like talking in a very um, heroic way. You know, he's like proclaiming things and you know making it you know like saying like the Avengers and you know Captain America and that kind of thing. Um, but also, like, whenever you're playing a character and he gets hit, like, you hear, you know, let's say you're playing Captain America, and he's, you know, he, every time he takes damage, you hear him saying, no, no, you know, like, he's very high-pitched, like, repeat, you know, repeatedly says the same kind of thing over and over. Um, it, the music in general, though, with the game, like, it's very um, typical 90s, uh, you would expect to hear from a 90s arcade game, very high energy, but with, like, kind of um Kind of like a, you know, like a heroic bend to it also to try to make it a little more patriotic. Um, <clears throat> the Avengers are supposed to be, I mean, you know, Captain America, obviously, he's like the height of like a patriotic superhero. But, you know, the Avengers are supposed to be like sort of this world peacekeeping force. Um, I, I guess, you know, they're a little more international, but you still get that vibe from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like super patriotism and heroism and, you know, all these uh, qualities. Um <laughs> So some of the funny things that struck me in this game, too, were, um, I guess maybe these were translation errors. I don't really know. So I'd like at the end of uh, the second stage, you're like underwater and you face off against a mechanical octopus, right? Like a kind of like a giant robot octopus, right? So can you imagine the amusement when it's labeled as Mech Taco? That's like the name of the boss when you see the uh, health bar. Okay. (laughs) Now... I mean, you know, I guess just being around Japanese culture enough, you know that taco is an octopus, but they translated it direct. Oh, they translated okay. the word directly, um, or they didn't translate it at all. They just took the same word mm-hmm. and they spelled it with a C. So it's like taco, like the food. <laughs> yeah. So you're facing off against the mech taco and you're, you, there's like really no sense to it. <laughs> you don't understand why. It's very peculiar. Um, another funny thing is like when you're fighting Ultron, um, you know, oh wait, Ultron's a bad guy. Ultron is a bad oh, guy. Okay. He's a villain. I didn't know that. Uh, he's one of, you know, he's just one of the like middle level bosses. 
that you run into. Um, there's like a little cutscene sort of that happens, and you hear a voiceover, and uh, you know your character says, "Where's the laser?" And Ultron replies, "Ask the police." And I'm like, what kind of? I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't understand the context. Are you sure, it's him saying that. Yeah, is it clear? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind do of. They, do they put like a comic comic style um, speech bubbles over them when they talk? Um, not in not in while you're playing, but mm. you you do see that in like some of the um, you know some of the like intermediate cinemas and stuff. You get like comic book pages and panels and mm, okay. you see things I, you do see sound effects you see the sound, the big sound effects that pop up usually when you're punching something like and stuff you like might that. see things yeah. like that uh-huh. yeah that, definitely some of the some of the words are kind of weird too i think <laughs> like i don't know like one of the eye beams makes a weird sound like plume or plow or or something like that yeah it just makes any sense um I guess when by the time you sort of clear out all the different stages, you get to, you eventually get to the moon base, and you're supposed to destroy the laser. Uh, so wait, how do they get to the moon? Do, are they they have a to, ship. Oh, okay, they can fly through space. Uh huh. Yeah, and actually, that's one of the shooting stages. You, you, your character is like in space with like a spacesuit, hmm. like shooting down. Oh, that's the thing. So you're you have all these superpowers, and you still have to wear a spacesuit. In some cases, yeah. I mean, Does if it you're block like your superpowers, if you're Captain America, you don't have any protection from space. That's crazy. You have to wear like, a, you know, like a mask or something. Wow. Like, keep yourself able to breathe. I mean, it's minimal <laughs> compared to what it would be in real life. But yeah, the vision, for example, doesn't. So what if like you threw that? Like, how would throwing that? Uh, he has that shield, right? And he throws. Right. How would that react in space? Because there's no friction. Yeah, will come back to you still, or it's a little weird. I think um, I don't think I had him because I changed characters as I would lose credits mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I would lose health, and I would try out the different characters. I used him for the underwater shooting stage, and he was throwing like multiple shields. It was really weird. <laughs> they took a lot of liberties with um, the character designs and stuff, depending on the environment. Um, but it's funny too, because you face off against the Red Skull eventually, obviously. And he's like, you know, makes his big speech that the villains usually give. And then he like escapes and your character says, well, we'll find you wherever, you know, no matter where you go, we'll come, we'll find you. And all you do is you like go up a set of stairs and you fight like three or four bad guys. And then they like, there's the Red Skull. It's like he escaped, but he escaped like upstairs. Like, like you know, oh, yeah. all you have to do is like walk up the stairs and like, there he is again, <laughs> you know? Um, so he's, he, you fight him initially, but it's like a pretty easy fight. There's not much to it. All he does is like kind of, you know, he's like dressed in a suit. And all he does is, like, make karate poses and stuff. He's pretty easy to beat, but that's because, obviously, that's not his true form. And that isn't even the real Red Skull. That's, like, a robot or something. So he grows into, like, a giant robot. So he were, he has a red... He literally does have a Red Skull, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, an actual Red Skull. And he feels skull. like the suit kind of dresses him up a little bit. <laughs> it's just part of his style. He's Well, he's, he's a Nazi, so he's, like, you know... Oh, okay. Originally, he's, like, a villain from... Captain America's days fighting in World War Two, so he's um, he's still around too, obviously. Mm. Um, the the Mech Skull is like your is, is another big boss that you have to fight. Um, none of these bosses are particularly challenging, and I would say overall the game as a whole is not super challenging at all. Not a big quarter muncher. Um, you know, you take damage just from random hits, and you know, eventually that wears you down. 
So that's kind of how, you know, you end up having to put more credits in, but, um, you can actually boost your health by putting extra credits in the game and hitting player one start and it'll, it'll add the, the health to your, your total beyond, beyond even what you would get. Like a gauntlet kind of thing where kind of, okay. Yeah. So you could boost your health all the way up to like, I don't know. I think X-Men does that too. Mm hmm. So how would you say this compares to Children of the Atom, um, which is also a side-scrolling? Yeah, I don't know. I'd say, I mean, this seems super easy to me, mm-hmm. but, you know, none of, the, none of the enemies were particularly challenging. Even the mini-bosses, they're pretty straightforward to beat, um, which I guess is fine because, I don't know, it's just, I guess, it looks like a game that you would just want to play with your friends for a bit, just to have some fun. It doesn't really seem... Um, you don't want it to be one of those super hard, cha- you know, like extremely challenging games that are frustrating. Um, I don't know. I'd say it's like, I don't know, the graphics for one thing are pretty simple. It looks, the sprites are really small. They don't look very detailed at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like, so I remember when that came out in the arcades and it's funny because the X-Men arcade game, I used to see that everywhere. Like, that was a really popular game. But the Captain America game, not so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember it came out on, on cartridge first. Uh, I played the Genesis one. And it wasn't until after that that I actually got to play the arcade one. Because this was before MAME actually was even around. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember saying, like, oh, this seems like an like kind of an old game. Like, it doesn't look graphically as impressive. As- For 91, especially when this game came out, this seemed... I mean, this looked like an older NES type of game yeah. to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, didn't look like it was fitting for the time that it came no, out. No, I don't, I don't believe so. And it's funny cause Daddy East also did Robocop, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty good game. And that was, you know, a few years earlier. Right. Yeah. So they do have a history of these like movie or comic book kind of, mm-hmm. you know, type games. Right. Um, I mean, Genesis one I thought was pretty awful. <laughs> I didn't think that was a great game, mm-hmm. but it was very popular. That was especially for the time because it was really not a whole lot like that at the time, right? Because um, I don't remember X Men even being available for a home console or that that style of like side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah, well, so the it was home- just Turtles. I think on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I mean the, the the home version I think was just one or two player. Obviously, yeah. there was no. I don't think there was a four-player no, support at all. Um, the game did come out on Super Nintendo, and there were ports I think for it was a little bit later on Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the same time. Um, there were also ports for Game Gear and Game Boy. Uh, right. I, I didn't. Yes. I didn't get to try those. I did not play the Game Boy one, but the Game Gear one I played briefly, mm. and it's about what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. When you play like the Genesis to like Master System type of conversions, it's right? Not great. Hmm. Yeah, I believe um, there was also an NES title with the same name, but it was a different, different game. game, somewhat different. Um, not a, not a straight up adaptation of the arcade game. But I mean, like a lot of Data East Data East games don't convert very well on mm-hmm. their on the home versions. <laughs> Like their most of their NES stuff's not that good, mm-hmm. and their Genesis stuff's not that good. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I thought it was good to try it out. I thought it was worthwhile just to have a quick playthrough. That was of it. a good good choice. I it's. Uh, I should. I haven't played it since that. You know, from the nineties. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to going back and trying it out and see. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, 
it's kind of just amusing just to see all the different characters and how they're represented in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Juggernaut shows up in the game oh, at one yeah. point. Well, he's an X-Men, though. I, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, how does that happen? Well, I mean, it's all Marvel, but it's, I, the premise of the, the game itself is just, like, the Red Skull somehow calls all the villains together and then, like, hypnotizes them or something, or uses some kind of mind control to get them to all, you know, to work for him, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, he's not that tough in this. He just kind of rolls around. He's kind of like an acrobat type, which isn't really very fitting for him. I would think he would be a lot tougher. Um, but I don't know. It's just amusing just to see it all. I mean, even in the final stage too, you get like, you know, you get sort of little titles for every different stage, Mm -hmm. sort of comic bookish style. Um, some of the titles are challenge from the bottom of the sea for the underwater one. And like, um, you know, the giant laser cannon as you're approaching to go to the moon. But then the final scene, (laughs) the last stage is titled the end of red skull. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I haven't beaten him yet. (laughs) Why is it titled this? Isn't this a bit of a spoiler in the, in the title? It should be, uh, give me a chance to fight him first and then, and then call it the end. But, you know, of course, you're, you're given a hint that you're not, he's not truly beaten because the last thing after the credits roll is him kind of laughing in the in the distance. Uh, so, yeah, overall, um, pretty easy game. Good, probably much better with friends or, you know, if you can if you can get uh, three other friends together to play this along. Um, and that's about it for that, I think. And I'd be curious to know what uh, you played instead so uh i was away this past week mm-hmm. i was in florida so i know i debated a little bit of whether i should bring my PSTV. you know i was thinking like well, what can i play while i'm away on vacation right because that's what you do you you want to go away on vacation and, and, play, video and, play, games. and play games <laughs> well that was kind of like my whole uh-huh. you know inner conflict do i go away and relax or so, you know, I thought about bringing that or the Ouya or something like that. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to not try not to play video games, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I, I just brought my iPad, you know, my iPhone. Right. And then uh, it was kind of a, a good thing because I ended up, you know, going to the beach a lot and, you know, just doing various things. Enjoying the do. sun. Yeah. Doing a lot of sitting outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really have time, even if I wanted to play games. And plus, we had a blackout one night, so <laughs> awesome. that didn't help. Um, so, I, of course, I relied on my iPad. You know, I have an endless amount of games to play, which you can hear right now that just went off. <laughs> so, so a couple of games I played. One of them we'll talk about on our news segment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game is called Dracula Twins. Hmm. This is... I don't, know, I don't know that one. From, uh, I think the company's Le- Legendo, something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, it has, like, cutesy kind of cartoony graphics. It's a platformer. It's definitely copying the Super Mario Brothers type of, you know, platforming. Um, very, just like most mobile games, it's very basic. You have... Um, so you can play as the girl or boy vampire and their kids. Hmm. Um, and then you can... You can find these, like, skulls that you can throw as a weapon. And you start off with, like, three of them, and then you have to find more if you want to... So, once you throw them and you lose them, you have to find more to, you know... Otherwise, you can't attack the enemies. Uh, A little bit like the game Decap Attack, somewhat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Just you don't have that extendable head. 
Um, and then you're just getting to the exit, and then there's, like, secrets along the way. Nothing, like, groundbreaking or anything like that. This, the controls still played pretty good. Um, at first, I was like, oh, you know, another Super Mario-type game. Mm-hmm. But after I played the first stage, and, you know, it's fairly easy, I got to the second stage, and I was like, all right, this game's kind of fun. You know, I kind of played through it. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't, like, you know, not going to revolutionize anything, you know. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun game, you know, probably for for a kid might enjoy it a little bit more than a grown-up. But uh, I had fun with it. I thought it was good. Um, it's not finished. The game they have on, on iOS is... Uh, after you finish, you get up to like the fifth level and it says more levels coming soon kind of thing. Mm. And then it says like, if you want to donate to help us make more levels, you know, you can do something like that. But right. um, I guess you can do that, you know, is there if you want. a controller support for this game? No, unfortunately, mm. no. But the controls are pretty easy. It's just left, right, uh, up and down, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Um, another game I played, which is also in a similar vein, um, as that, it's called... And it's a game that I um, was not going to play. And I, re- I don't know what made me want to try it, but it's called Blue Kid 2. <laughs> B-L-O-O-K-I-D number 2. So <laughs> okay. Apparently is a Blue Kid 1. I don't know anything about it, but <laughs> this is part 2. Uh, this one, it does have controller support. So mm-hmm. um, on-screen controls aren't bad, but I figured uh, let me give the controller a try that I have. And I know I talked about having some Bluetooth issues with the controller, like a mm-hmm. little bit of lag. Right. And um, I don't know if, if it's maybe my environment or something, but it seemed to work fine in, in Florida. Um, I was playing the game with no lag at all on the controller. It worked mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what that was was about. Um, and like, like the other game, this is also a Mario Brothers type of game, a platformer very simple um you know this is more pixelized whereas the other game's more cartoon looking this is very more um pixel graphics okay uh you don't have any weapons you just you have to just bop on the enemies you just jump on them like super mario brothers perfect uh you yeah i mean you so there's two ways to play this game you can just start and go to the end and that's it you beat the level mm-hmm. um or you can try to do the challenges and you have like five challenges per level um so you have a time challenge um, and every time you beat the level, like, say you beat the level within 30 seconds or something, that's the challenge, then you get a star for that level. Mm. And I think you can get up to five stars. Um, so if you kill, like, if you kill 30 green blobs, you know, that's another star. Um, do you have to replay the levels to get those it's, challenges yeah, over and over? it's almost impossible to do it through mm-hmm. the first try. Okay. Um, another one would be collect three blue stars on the level, which are, blue stars are hidden. Mm. They're a little bit harder to find. Um, there'll be a main challenge of, like, 80 stars, which are just, like, everywhere on the board. Like, coins, sort of. Right. Um, I forget what the other one is, but it's all, like, that kind of idea. Okay. And uh, in the beginning, I was doing that. I was going for the challenges. And then after, like, the second stage, uh, I was like, eh, I don't know. If... Um, so that, and that's kind of where my complaint comes in with this game, is it's it gets actually pretty hard. Um, as soon as you get past almost level one, it's a very challenging game. And the the thing that frustrates, frustrated me the most was you would go after collecting all these items, you know, there's no checkpoints on the level. So you get all these items and you'll get right to the end and then you'll die. And it starts off at the beginning of the level with losing all the items that you found. Yikes. So it's kind of frustrating because, 
you don't really know what what comes up on the level until you get up to it. So you can't really plan ahead mm-hmm. until you play through the level once to get an idea of what it's like. So I don't know if, if the game wasn't like that much fun that I felt like I wanted to you know play it over and over again. The enemies are kind of simplistic. There's a lot of um, cheap hits. The way the enemies move, you know, they move in like um, kind of arcs, patterns, and you know, you, it's a little tricky. But uh, overall, I mean, uh, it has a really good rating on the App Store. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of a reason why I gave it another chance. And it, it seems like a pretty good game. I, um, I didn't finish it. I'm like, I think I have two levels to go. Okay. But um, I, I would say it's worth a try if you can pick it up for a buck or two. So that's Blue Kid 2. Blue Kid 2, yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, again, not like revolutionizing anything. <laughs> this is like total copy of mm-hmm. a Mario-style game. And then the last game, and I'm having a lot of fun with this one, is called Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, wrestling spelled W A W R A S S L I N G. This is a a ragdoll style uh, fighting game, sort mm-hmm. of. The graphics look like Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Okay. It looks like um, what's that game called? That fighting game, that Karate Fighter, I think it's called, or Karate on Atari. And you're basically you have very little control over your character. You move left and right. You can jump up, sort of. Um, and then you have uh, one button where you can rotate your arms clockwise, and the other button counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just moving left and right, and enemies are constantly falling from the ceiling. <laughs> and you're in this wrestling ring. And so an enemy will fall down, and now you're just spinning your arms, basically, and you want to walk up to your opponent. And when you spin your arms, if you can catch them in the right spot, you'll flip the opponent up in the air. Mm-hmm. And then you want to try to like throw them out of the ring, because it's like a battle royal, I guess. Okay. And enemies are constantly just dropping from the ceiling. And then after, like, the fifth enemy, you get, like, a boss. And he's just, like, this big, huge guy. And you can just... He's not really much stronger. You just flip him right out of the ring. And it's kind of <laughs> just that, but it's very... Uh, the physics and, and ragdoll kind of thing. Uh-huh. Everyone's kind of, like, flopping around. And, you know, sometimes it just may not make sense. Like, you feel like you're you're flipping your guy, and then out of nowhere, your guy goes up in the air. Like, you know, off the screen and... yeah. It's kind of fun. It's silly. I, I had a f- lot of fun with it. They just uh, released an update where they added uh, hats now. You can wear hats, mm. which is kind of s- silly. And w- one of the goals... Is that DLC? Do you have to buy the hats? No. No, it's all, there's no DLC. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not yet anyway. Uh, one of the objectives... So they didn't add objectives until this update. And it's like, first objective is wear a hat, you know? Mm-hmm. So you put the hat on and it's like an Abe Lincoln hat. I think I have... And um, as soon as you start off, because it's like that weird physics stuff, the hat just flies right off, like, immediately. <laughs> Makes sense. And um, I think, yeah, and you can earn some hats, and then you watch an ad, and it says, like, watch an ad, you can get another hat. So, there's, you know, stuff like that. I think you can pay to unlock some of the ads, mm-hmm. so you don't have to, like, break up your action. Okay. Um, another cool thing about it, which I haven't tested yet, is you can play local multiplayer with mm-hmm. two devices. All right. So, um, I haven't given that a try, but, um, I like these type of games. I think they're kind of fun, like quick little, you yeah, know, put it on, just mess saw, around a little bit. I saw a little bit of it. Kind of silly. Yeah. It's, it just seems like a little mini game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it. one of those quick, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's silly. 30 second games just yeah. to have some fun with. Yep. And that's pretty much the extent of my playing mm-hmm. this week. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I guess we, I mean, we could also mention the other game that you, uh, Brought up earlier. Uh, Namco released a special game, um, a new Tekken game. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
New Tekken game. How about that? Uh, I think it's for like an anniversary, like a 20th anniversary edition of Tekken. Mm-hmm. And what better way to celebrate Tekken than to take another game that you, is in your catalog, Galaga, and just change all the sprites into Tekken characters? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> sure, why not? And your ship is now uh, characters from Tekken. So, like, I think you have three characters, and I ended up opening up, I think, a fourth one um, as I was playing, or a fifth one. Mm-hmm. And each character has a special ability. Like, one guy has an extra wide shot, another one could shoot rapid fire. Um, someone else, I think, shoots a wider bullet, or a bullet that goes through, like, multiple enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is called Galaga Tekken 20th Anniversary Edition. Yes. And it's for iOS, iOS and Android. And Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not use controller support, at least on iOS. I haven't tried it on Android yet. Mm. But the controls aren't too bad. It's pretty good using your finger. Honestly, I, I, I've tried a lot of um, shooters on, on iOS, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on tablets or using touch controls. And I find it pretty intuitive, to be honest. I mean, especially if it's the, the kind of control scheme where you can just slide your finger across the screen and your ship just follows, Yeah, you know, you, the path you're tracing out um you know much better than just trying to stay on virtual buttons i find that's like a lot it's more very hard yeah a lot a lot easier to do it this way mm-hmm. it ends up feeling almost like a trackball you know a little bit yeah yeah so i don't know i, I, I it auto fires for you so you don't have to like tap the screen right. a thousand times mm-hmm. uh, but it works the same way it's you know it comes in waves the enemies the round counter is the same and you get the challenge stages. Mm-hmm. Um, the only disappointing thing I have with it, besides the lack of controller support, is um, there are no game center support, or there is no game center support. Didn't notice any achievements opening up, yeah, or any, or any and, scores and, being right. Reported. And that's the thing. There's no. So I ended up getting a pretty good score for me anyway mm-hmm. for Galaga, and um, I couldn't share it or anything. Hmm. There was no. You know, I couldn't compare it to my friends, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I missed it or it could be in an update, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't see that in Game Center. Okay. Um, did you play it at all? Uh, I didn't get shot? to try yet. I did okay. grab it, but I haven't loaded it yet. So I guess it's just one of those things I have to try to figure out if, uh, if I can load it up and give it a try. I think I actually pushed it to the, my, um... NVIDIA Shield. I ended up grabbing the Android version and going to throw it on the Shield. Let's oh, really? See, let's okay. see how that works out. Yeah, you should. Yeah, so I'm looking at Game Center now, and it's on Game Center, but it's weird. It says I'm not ranked mm. for score, but yet... It does show leaderboards. It does so. show leaderboards, so I don't know why my... Ver- unless it was an update between last week and now that changed that. Mm. So uh, I don't know. I'll have to look into that, why my game did not send out my high score. Hmm. Okay. It's worth a look. Yep. Interesting. Uh, well, I guess there was another another game that kind of um, kind of remakes an old classic. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I guess apparently there's a new Contra game out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> and uh, I guess. This is sort of a, a new Star Wars game in a way, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do you feel about this? Well, so this is kind of weird, right? So this is actually a, a mini game that's 
embedded in a, another another title. So Konami makes a game called Star Wars Force Collection, which mm-hmm. is like a card battle style game where you collect different cards and you arrange them and upgrade them and fight in different scenarios and so on. Um, but they, in a recent update, they added this mini game <laughs> to their Force Collection game, and it's a style of Contra in within the game where you get to play as Chewbacca, I guess, mm-hmm. and you um, run around blasting stormtroopers, and you know it's, you're on Endor and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's made to look like the first Contra, so it has the like side-scrolling platform level. I think um, it shows you that 3D level where you're like walking through the maze kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't play it yet myself, but I saw the trailer for it. Right. Yeah, I tried getting to the game. Um, I don't. I don't play this Force Collection game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grabbed it really quickly and I started leveling up some cards and stuff. And you know, you're kind of forced through a tutorial when you first install the game. So I couldn't really do anything other than play along with the tutorial part of the card game as much as I could. Um, but even after I got up to a certain point, uh, none, none of the menus had worked yet. They had little padlocks on them until I finished yeah. all the training. So I didn't get to try this game, but I'm going to see if I can get back to it and figure out how to get to this game. You think it's worth it? Um, just out of curiosity, I want to yeah. see what it's like. Uh, well, I just want to just want to give it a try and see what see what the big fuss is about but i guess that's that's their goal their goal by putting this in the game is sort of bait to get you to download their their card game and then you know <clears throat> give you a little prize for doing so well it's not the first contra game on a mobile platform because mm-hmm. they have that other one that they released last year or two right. years ago yeah sort of sort of official i couldn't i still don't know what the story with that oh uh, yeah i know it is kind of a shady type of release right because it was originally not mm-hmm. from konami and then they pulled it off the stores and then they re-released it with konami's name on it right so i don't know what was going on <laughs> and they added a lot of microtransactions too, <clears throat> too. Mm. right uh so yeah I, I guess i'll give it a try and just to see what it's all about um konami making news this week huh but yeah there's been a lot of other konami news um, <laughs> like the first time ever <laughs> sure how often do you hear konami in the news yeah i mean where do we start with this it's um i guess we can get into the first part of it that kind of made people um a bit unsettled was this uh talk of the the of of i guess of kojima leaving Konami, that was, I guess, one of the initial shockwaves, right, mm-hmm. that went out. This is kind of big news because one of um, Konami's premier properties and franchises is the Metal Gear games, right? Um, and, you know, Hideo Kojima is the creative force behind these games and is, you know, the director and <clears throat> um, he's sort of, you know, the, the spiritual center of, of the series. Um, you know, even even though he's still actively making these games, um, I guess something happened within the company such that they've decided to part ways. Um, even though the current Metal Gear game, uh, Metal Gear 5, is still under active development and is scheduled to come out later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we saw the first part of it uh, kind of... Kind of um, I don't know, they decided to split this game because they wanted to get an, a playable version out there. Uh, you know, before the full game was done. So they released Ground Zeroes last year, and and now the Phantom Pain was going to be next, and that's supposedly coming 
um, later this holiday season. But now we've gotten word that, you know, a lot of changes have happened within Konami to, to sort of uh, shake the whole thing up. <clears throat> so we're not sure what the total outcome is going to be. Now, I'm not a big Metal Gear uh, fan or player. I mean, I, I'm, I've always been interested in the games, but I've never put any time into them. I've put very minimal time, I should say. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this is kind of weird because you think of, like, what else does Konami really have, right? I mean... Um, for consoles? Well, just in, in, in terms of franchises and games that they actively support and, and come out with games for. Um, I, this it, this seems to be one of their big pillars. Um, but I guess, you know, like, a, 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 along with this game was Silent Hill, or, or was going to be the next Silent Hill game, or titled Silent Hills, um, which Kojima was also involved in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> The Silent Hill series has been has been a long running series, and a lot of fans of that, and has sort of, um, I guess, been a little stagnant lately in terms of some of the recent games. So this looked like was it was going to be a fresh take on it. Um, it looked like, um, and is that referring to the PT demo? Well, right. So we got PT on PlayStation Four mm-hmm. as a uh, sort of what they called. Um, what are they? What, what did PT teaser? end up standing for? Playable teaser. I think. I think so. Playable Something trailer. Like I couldn't tell uh-huh. which one they had settled on. Yeah, I don't um, know. But this was supposedly a collaboration between uh, Kojima and uh, Guillermo del, del Toro, the well-known director, yeah. director of Hellboy, and, and other. Uh, well-known properties um <clears throat> and it looked like a match made in heaven and then they also uh, had um for you know this full silent hills game um they had gotten the likeness of uh norman reedus who's pretty happening actor these days from a variety of roles i Most, didn't even know that yeah i mean he's he's one of the principals on the walking dead tv sh- series oh, and okay he was going to be like, i think the lead character in, really? in the new game yeah so, uh, you know, for fans of the series who wanted to see it go in a new direction and for fans of Kojima who knew his type of storytelling and even for Del Toro bringing his mm-hmm. sensibilities into it. I mean, it seemed like it was going to be great for, you know, a fan of any of those <laughs> creative uh, forces yeah. coming together. Um, but as a result of Kojima, you know, parting ways with Konami, it seems like this project is also on the rocks and is done with. Um, Konami confirmed that. They said that, you know, that's oh, not going to proceed. No more Silent Hills? Well, not, in, not in the form that we saw it. Uh, it's too bad. Not in, in, in the way that it had taken shape so far. Mm. Um, I'm sure they still own the the. You know, the, the IP. Yeah, for now. Anyway. The brand, and and they'll probably attempt hmm. to reboot it and, and relaunch it in some other way. But but this is all, um, you know, part of uh, the weirdness that's been happening over there. Um, and then on top of that, we hear that they got delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. Not that they got delisted, but they took themselves off I was going to say, did it, was it because they their stocks just dropped so low? Sometimes um, if, it, if it's lower, I think there's a rule. If you're lower, like then, um, uh, like five or something for more than like six months, you have to automatically get delisted or something. Like, I don't know what the rule is, but um, or was it just they decided to just pull? I it? think I think 
in I go mean private again. Yeah, no, it's 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 basically that they already trade on other exchanges. They, oh, okay. they're, they're they're active uh, on the London exchange and uh, in Tokyo and is that the Nikkei? Uh, I believe so. Index or something, yeah. <laughs> something like that. I'm not a stock guy, oh, okay. so I couldn't tell you for sure. But but from what I understand, there's fees and costs associated with being listed, mm-hmm. and the amount of volume that they were generating on the New York exchange wasn't worth it for them anymore. This was just like it was just the cost overhead that they wanted to avoid. Um, and, um, I guess they, they get enough of what they were looking for in terms of investment and trading, um, in the other exchanges. So, but it just seems like they're tightening their belt a bit and, you know, being careful, I, I suppose, to some degree. Um, I thought I'd sort of look at what they had in their portfolio. I mean, this is, I guess the games that that at least come to mind when I think Konami, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I brought this question up earlier of what else do they really have, but uh-huh. so I, I guess we could try to break it down a little bit, right? So we mentioned Metal Gear, we mentioned Silent Hill, um, Castlevania seems like an obvious choice. Um, there's been a lot of Castlevania games in the previous yeah. years, but some of the more recent ones haven't really struck a chord with a lot of people the lords of shadow games that Mm -hmm. have come out um a lot of people weren't particularly thrilled with that direction Mm -hmm. um there hasn't been i think a a decent side-scrolling castlevania for for a while it's been there were a few on ds and that was about it i think that's that's kind of where it ended yep because the 3ds one recently was like a pseudo 3D side-scroller, kind of. But it was based more like the Lord of Shadows types of games. Right, that was Mirror Fate. Yep. Um, that was part of the Lord of Shadows uh, series, you're right. Um, now, a game that we don't really think of that much, but is a big moneymaker for them, is the Pro Evolution Soccer series. Yeah, that's a, it is a big one. Also known as Winning Eleven in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big title. It apparently is, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know they were that big into sports franchises, but I guess in this one particular case it is. Um, the uh, DDR games keep going, I guess. Dance I Dance forget Revolution. That that's from them. DDR right. is a Konami game? It's yeah, crazy. sure. It's part of their whole Bimani sort of, <laughs> you know, sphere of influence, right? Uh-huh. They had Beat Mania once upon a time and Guitar Freaks and all yeah. those other games. So yeah, the rhythm action games, you know, were a big, they a big were part like of it. One of the founders of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much, I'd say so. And at least and in I, Japan, maybe not in America. Uh, yeah, it definitely was big there before it ever came here. Mm-hmm. Um, but but DDR apparently is still making money, even especially in arcades. Hmm. Um, and you know, and then we've got their classics catalog. You know, we've got a lot of games back, you know, <laughs> all the way to the 80s and 90s that they've had a uh, hand in. We mentioned Contra. Yep. Um, you know, certainly uh, Frogger is <laughs> one of their games. You don't Classic. think of it. I know. And it's come back every now and then, but... Frogger 3D. Frogger Returns. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, their shooter uh, series... From they have such great shooters. From Scramble all the way through to Gradius and Super Cobra. That's them too, huh? Mm-hmm. Sure, that was kind of like a hard mode version of uh, Scramble, really. Um, yeah, all these games. I mean, even something like uh, Puyan and Yar Kung Fu, which we talked about I recently. Know. I mean, these are all game. these are all Konami games, um, and it seems like you know they've they've sort of left a lot of these games behind. 
Um, Sunset Riders. Gy- is it Gyrus or Gyrus? I'd say Gyrus. Gyrus. I always say Gyrus. Yeah, that's what I see too. Because yep. it's like circular. I'm just gyrating. Like a like a gyroscope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. Lethal Enforcers. Um, yeah, and then even the Suikoden series of RPGs. I know. There's I, a big fan, fan following yeah, to amazing. that. And There's a big there fan. hasn't been one since, I think, Suikoden I mean, 5 on PS2. It's funny. When I think about, like... I mean, I'm not surprised this is happening, but I'm thinking about, like, Sega, who had... I mean, I'm thinking about companies that have really impressive catalogs of, of IPs, you know? And to me, I still think Sega is... You can't top Sega's catalog. They just have some of the, like, best well-known games, mm-hmm. you know, you can come up with. Right. And then in my mind, I'm always thinking, like, maybe Konami is second. Like, I'm always, I always think, like, their catalog is so strong of, like, classic games mm. and stuff, and even modern games. Right. Um, Should also point out that Konami owns Hudson Soft at this point. Really? Oh, that's right. They do. So they have things like Bomberman and Bonk. Also sitting in the vault, Uh doing not much, it seems, you know? How does this happen? And I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen some kind of mashup of of their own properties mixed with some Hudson games. crazy. (laughs) Like, you would think with with all these titles, like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can produce an endless amount of awesome games, right? Maybe? I don't know. Like... Then you look at the Contra series, and it's like, well, what was the last good, really good Contra game you played, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mobile games are all okay. The last... I mean, I liked the last PS2 Contra. I think it was Neo Contra. I thought that was pretty good. But I know most people don't like that one. Right. Um, on In general, like, most of the Contras on PlayStation were not that great. You know? Well, you know, some were good, some weren't. Mm. Um, you know, what else? Same thing with the Castlevanias. You had Symphony, you know, and the DS one. It's kind of like a lot of hit and miss stuff. They had um, the Gradius game on We Wear, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They brought that back. Um, they brought. Um, they sort of re- resurrected Contra on Xbox Arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it was called. They like kind of redid the graphics a little bit, which I thought was a good game too. But I guess those games just don't make the money anymore. Yeah. Well, I think this is a case though where. And I guess, I don't know, we're just speculating here, but, um, you know, Konami is one of these companies where they ju- they don't make just video games. This is another company where they've got a sort of a, a diverse uh, um, type of industries that they're involved in. And among them is, are, you know, like uh, pachinko machines and, <laughs> and gambling. And, you know, they make a lot of these... Um, uh, you know, sort of, you can think of them as arcade games, but really they're, you know, they're, they're gambling machines. <laughs> so I think the revenues on that side of the portfolio is a lot higher. It, it's funny you say that because when I was in Florida this week, I was in a casino mm. and this was before this news broke that they were going to be de- delisted and all this stuff and PT and everything was going to be, um, you know, pulled from the store. Um, <clears throat> I go up to, it was the first, the very first slot machine that I, what we walk up to. And I see this guy rubbing the screen and there's like a dragon on the screen. Mm-hmm. And like nowadays slot machines are, are usually two screens, a bottom and a top. So on the top, there's this dragon and, and, uh, I'm looking and then I look a little closer and it says Konami in the corner. Mm. And I'm like, Whoa, it's like a Konami game. And it's very Asian look. It's very like Chinese, you know, uh-huh. it look, doesn't look like, you know, any type of Konami games we know of. So I took a picture of it, and, and that's what I used for the um, the post on, on this podcast. Mm. Um, 
And I was just blown away. I was like, wow, so this is what Konami's doing now. Like, they're making casino games, which is not unheard of, because we know Atari's doing that, and, right. you know, there's other companies. Sega. Yeah. Sega Sammy. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a big part of their business. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you, when you look at a game like Silent Hills and what it would take to make a game like that and how much money they have to sink into the production of, of a game like that that takes two-plus years, who knows how much, you know millions of hours of, you know, of people working on these games. And then, you know, they make, and and it represents a fairly small piece of their total, like, financial picture. You know, it makes more sense for them to sort of be a little more picky about what kind of games they do spend money on and and maybe focus on other parts of their business that does bring in a lot of easier money, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. So I think this is, this is kind of what's happening. I think it's, you know, it's just the parts of Konami that are making more money are kind of driving the direction of the company. And, um, you know, I guess as gamers, we're, we're not quite as happy with that. So it's a little too bad. Yeah. I mean, it is too bad because, you know, it's games that we grew up on and, you know, they're great games. And like, for me, I was really looking forward to this Silent Hills game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like the first game on the PS4 that really got me excited for the PS4. That, that and it was just a demo, you know, like a, yeah, right. a silly teaser. But, um, you know, so that's kind of that's right. So that, so that trailer, by, by the way, that demo is also a casualty of this. Uh, it's been apparently pulled from, the PlayStation Store this is it week. Pulled? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, oh, I don't think you can get it anymore. I think if you had previously purchased it, it's still oh, okay. downloadable. But um, I don't think anybody uh, can can grab it at this stage. Um, and it's crazy because I hear of uh, I'm hearing news of auctions of of PlayStation fours with PT preloaded on preloaded it, uh, going up, and you know pe- people can still buy it if they really want oh. one. I know it's silly. I think the thing that would have been smart would have been to start like 15 new PlayStation accounts and just download PT to each one of them or at least, you know, purchase it under that. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know, keep those around for people who might want to see them in the future. Just sell the account or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's, huh. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that breaks any terms of service. It probably does, but, um, that would be one way for people to be able to get to it if they wanted to. Yeah, this gets into the whole area of, you know, how do we archive these games, you know? Right, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, here's a fully playable game. Yeah. That's just gone now because of some entanglements. Yeah, not even right? Not even legal issues, more like just internal politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, took this game out of, uh, out of circulation. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess we could sort of... Uh, so we don't... Yeah. So we're like, do we know if... Konami is going to go up for sale or are they just going to stay private or are they still going to be on just, just like not the New York stock market? And yeah, well, I think like, what is their future hold? Will we hear something E3? Like, did they get rid of their E3 booth? Is that gone now too? Um, I know been, last I knew they were they're still holding on. I know they've held on to it for, a, you know, the, they've had it for a long time. They don't want to get rid of that space. Right. But from the last couple of years, they've literally just had like, basically walls up that just showed off what games are in their catalog and not really anything else. Hmm. Well, no sooner enough. E3's only a month away. I think they have a booth in Comic-Con, too. Very likely. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what, you know, I mean, obviously not everything's public. We, yeah, won't, we won't know for sure what their, what their direction is going to be, but 
um, you know, hopefully they'll have something more interesting down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for emulation. We can still play these games. Uh, yeah, true enough. And I guess, um, there's another story out there of an emulator that's fully sanctioned by the company that made the original game. Um, and this is for, uh, EverQuest. This is, um, uh, a, a game that's been around a long time now. Uh, this is an online MMORPG, uh, 3D World and all that. One of the uh, first big MMOs before World of Warcraft came along. Um, oh, before World of Warcraft. Sure, yeah. So this goes all the way back to 1999. Um, a good, I'd say, what, five years before World of Warcraft hit? Um, this was kind of considered the big kid on the block. For a long time, when EverQuest hit 500,000 subscribers, that was the high watermark for online gaming, hmm. uh, you know, in that era. Uh, so the company that owns it, or the company that, that you know, still puts out uh, EverQuest is called Daybreak Entertainment. They were formerly Sony Online Entertainment. They got sold off. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've and got bought out by an investment group and, and, and sort of are an independent company now. Um, so now they're known as Daybreak, uh, but there's a project out there called Project 1999, which is a fan-created version of EverQuest as it existed in 1999. Mm. So without all the expansions and without all the updates to the game, I mean, you know, the game's changed a lot, obviously. It's been around a long time, uh, you know, over 15 years. So, uh, some people like the game how it used to be when it first started. I mean, believe it or not, there are people that probably um, prefer to play that. Hmm. Um, so, this project exists. This is a non-profit, uh, you know, entity that, that puts this out together, you know, makes it available to players who want to have classic EverQuest available to them. Um and it's fully sanctioned by the original company. Somehow they're okay with this. Even though EverQuest continues to be um, a game that they make and produce in various forms, um, somehow they're, they're totally cool with this fan version of the game also running out there, and they don't see it as a threat. Hmm. Um, and it's uh, kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, some of the things... I mean, they do have some of the expansions included in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the max level is 60, whereas I think it's much higher in the, in the later versions of the game that came out, but it's got, you know, it's got the old look and it's got the old interface. And, um, I think this is pretty progressive thinking for a company to, uh, be willing to allow fans of their game to, to do this. Hmm. You know, we've been wrestling with this question recently and we've been wondering yeah. like what happens to games when they disappear what happens to especially to games that have an online component that's part of the game that you can't run the game without it um some enterprising fans here actually wrote an emulator to allow a server to to be used instead of the company's servers and um it's pretty interesting that they that they don't think of this as competition they think of this as preserving their legacy and you know it's um refreshing to see this kind of response it keeps the fans interested i guess um yeah Uh, Yeah. i mean maybe if like sales are dropping in their main game Mm. they might see that as well maybe this fan project's taking away some of our business but yeah maybe they're not seeing it that way 
Um, I don't know. I don't know what their business model is these days. Uh, it used to be subscription-based. I think EverQuest went free-to-play along with a lot of these other games uh-huh. some time ago. And then there's other things that you pay for in the game to you know, unlock certain things or certain conveniences and things like that. Um, so maybe because the game is free-to-play anyway, um, they don't see it as that. But I, it's just interesting considering their recent history, the fact that they did go independent and that this uh, independent, you know, this investment group now mm-hmm. owns the company, you would think they would be a, l- a little more cautious about something like this. But I guess they give them the freedom to run the company the way they think it should run, and they don't see this as a threat. Until the lawyers step in and say, "Wait a minute, well, you can't let this go on." Uh, you know, maybe maybe the fact that they're independent gives them a little more maybe. leeway now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Sony might not have been so. Um, easy going about True. it, but yeah. but who knows? I don't really know how far back this project goes, but it's um, it's pretty interesting that that this is you know this maybe maybe this shows other companies that hey it's possible for us to exist as a commercial entity, continue to make new content for the game, but at the same time allow fans to be able to play the game the way they like it, and uh, maybe they'll come back and patronize us in some other way, you know. Mm-hmm. Because EverQuest, I mean, this is, remember, this is EverQuest as it existed, you know, <laughs> over 15, 16 years ago. ago. Especially for PC days. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um... Well, what kind of video card did you have back then? Was it <laughs> a Radeon uh, card did you have? Gee, I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. I don't know. I might have been, a, I might have had a GeForce around that time anyway. Yeah, really? Still. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's well because there's a sequel to this game. EverQuest Two exists, and even the original EverQuest exists, but in a much later form. Yeah, there was even a PS2 version of EverQuest. I mean, it's it was everywhere. Mm. Uh, that was called EverQuest Online Adventures. Really, they had shut that down. They finally okay. did close that. Um, but yeah, it's um, um, it's pretty interesting. I never got into that scene that much, but uh, I knew some people who played it, so I kind of like. Watched them play a little bit, and, mm-hmm. but it was never my thing. It's a little bit too much time consumption. Yeah, it is. It is. It does get to be a, a time sink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it's pretty easy. But um, why don't we also mention another another financial issue that's been <laughs> <laughs> tough week in games that's poked its head out? Um, apparently, the Ouya yeah company is up for sale. Uh, it is. That's yeah. it's looking for a new cash infusion. Uh-huh. One of their investors backed out, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. So, I find this news a little bit surprising, only because they just got a pretty big loan from Alibaba mm-hmm. not too long ago. And and it was pretty big. It was like a million or something. You know, I don't know. Was it a million or ten million or something? Mm-hmm. And then they also scored a deal with uh, Zomi. What are they called? Oh yeah, Z- Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Okay. And that was a pretty big deal for their uh, Ouya everywhere right. to be on all their their micro consoles. Their you know their Android consoles mm-hmm. in China, which is a big market. That's like the fastest growing gaming market right now. So, you know, I don't know when, when they say the company's for sale, I don't know if that means, uh, I know their, their debt ratio is not good and that's why they're up for sale, but I just don't think they're pulling in money from their games, mm-hmm. it seems like. Right. 
So, you know, in some way, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised because, um, you know, how many people are buying games on the Ouya store? Well, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot. I don't know what their numbers are. I don't know. I don't know how many consoles they've sold or how many potential users there are at this point. They've been trying to find... They've they've pretty much stumbled their whole way Mm -hmm. since they first, you know, since the Kickstarter, pretty much. Yeah. They've kind of done everything wrong (laughs) along the way. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if one of these recent investors stepped in and, and bought them outright if if they yeah. if they see the opportunity to do so, and especially if they've already got money tied up in them, they might think, well, we don't want to see them fold, and we were interested in them enough to want to give them money in the first place, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll just you know become the owners at this point. I don't know. Who knows? If any, anything could happen, but it does seem like they're getting a lot of interest from China. So yeah. I mean, it explains why they haven't produced a console since way before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't even buy one if you want. You can get a, like a rebuilt one occasionally that appears on their website or through eBay. But otherwise, you can't even buy one at this point. And they stopped updating their OS. And I'm still trying to find out info from people on Twitter who work for Uya. What the story is. Are they like just not working right now or are they you know i don't know are they still getting paid right they're kind of been silent about everything mm. yeah so far i'm seeing that there's hasn't been any official statement from the company about what's going on with that no i think this was a leaked email mm-hmm. that got out and that's when they had to make a statement about it because of that right so it'll be interesting there are some games still like somewhat big games in development you know big for you know <laughs> mobile for games i guess game, sure yeah um so i don't know how that affects anything but i mean so i see like what it seems to me now like three years ago when this thing was kickstarting it made a lot of sense mm-hmm. we, yeah but now i think with steam growing in such popularity and steam getting a lot of the android ports of games that it almost seems like you know Number one, that Wii's hardware is a little outdated for a lot of modern games. And number two, you can get a lot of these Ouya games on Steam now. You know, why would you even bother getting an Ouya at this point? Yeah, I guess the only... The, the, the allure was that it's a uh, sub-$100 box that you can just yeah. hook up to your TV easily. And you don't need a PC, you don't need... It was a novel idea for the time. Yeah, I mean, it's basically saying, well, you know, Android OS is capable enough and... How about, you know, just taking a mobile device and plugging it into your TV? And you can do a lot of these indie-style games without much horsepower anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that was part of their plan, was to rev the hardware occasionally just so that it does keep up with, you know, whatever the current trends are in terms of horsepower. Um, yeah. I guess it hasn't it hasn't panned out quite that well. Um, but it's still a fun platform. I still think... I still see... You know, I guess if it's enough of if it's at a level where it's kind of enough for certain types of games, then there's still some potential for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say with Ouya everywhere, they were kind of shifting away from having a dedicated console to having it, you know, wherever it was convenient for the end user, whether yeah. it means. Um, you know, just some kind of um, embedded firmware in like a lot of the smart TVs that are out there these days, or you know, a tablet that you can easily just plug an HDMI cable into and then hook that up to your TV instead. 
you know, whatever makes sense. Um, why limit it to just one option, you mm-hmm. know, when you can just diversify and cover all the bases. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they'll survive. I'm hoping that I, it would be sad to see them go in any, in any way. I know most comments that I see online when people <laughs> hear this kind of news, it was all, it's always doom saying and always like, you know, failed from the start kind of, yep. kind of commentary. Yeah. And I, I'd rather, I'd rather people wish for things to be a little better. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, ignore the obvious stuff, but, um, you know, it's a big gaming universe. I think there's room for a lot of different types of solutions. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, $400 console is not going to be the perfect fit for every situation. Right. Yep. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. What, what I think would be troubling are for some of the competitors that are coming out or like, cause they announced a few of these type of consoles just recently. Mm-hmm. And now I wonder what they're thinking. Like, wow, like we is going to be gone. Do they see it as an opportunity or do they see it as like, well, maybe we shouldn't even release this thing because there's like no demand for it. Mm, right. And I think Razer has one. And, yeah. Uh, who else just released one? Mad Cats. Oh well, that's, oh, that was that was an old one. It's been a while. Yeah. The, was it a Shield? Was it, that one is old too? Uh yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Exactly. <clears throat> well, I guess. Um, before we wrap up, we yeah. can probably mention a couple of things. I don't know if you picked up anything new this week or if there oh, was anything um, recent that you might have gotten on your travels. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I did want to go to some Goodwill stores mm. just to see, you know, what it's like outside of New York because New York is nothing. <laughs> um, but I never made myself, I've never got myself over there. Right. And there was, I don't know, I, I, I tried finding them. I mean, if anyone knows of any, like, collectible stores in, in Miami, um, let me know <laughs> for the next time. Cause I, I do go there like once a year because I looked, I tried to find, and there was one comic shop, but it was just basically comic books. And, uh, there was one video game store that was like, you know, besides GameStop, obviously. Um, but that place was very small and it looked like it was just kind of like, um, Kind of, sort of like a ho- like for fighting games and stuff like a kind of like a um, mm-hmm. party place sort of thing. Right. Not really like you know for collectibles or anything like that. And there really was nothing else. So no, I didn't really find anything. Hmm. Okay. No. Well, <clears throat> I did. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Now, now I'm thinking. I almost bought. I went to J.C. Penney <laughs> one uh-huh. day because I needed to buy some clothes because uh, my shoes broke and stuff. Um. They had a centipede T-shirt, mm. and I was gonna buy that, and they didn't have my size. <laughs> I was disappointed. Really? Well, it was uh, are a you blue... shopping the children's section again? No. Well, the guy. So the guys section has uh, a big. If you need sh- T-shirts like J.C. Penney's, um, it's like the young guys section. They have this huge table full of like all like silly you know shirts with graphics on it, and they have a lot of video game shirts. So. Um, and that's where I, I, I buy a lot of my game shirts from. And they had a, it was a blue shirt. It was kind of an ugly blue, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't care. And it had the arcade centipede graphic on it. Mm-hmm. But they only had large. And, you know, I usually wear a small, so mm. that didn't work out. But they had some other game shirts, but that was the only retro one. They had, I had a, actually an NES one, uh, Mega Man they had uh, from the retro stuff. And uh, that's all I saw. Sometimes they have more, but... It was a small selection. 
Hmm. Maybe a different store will have some other stuff. Maybe, yeah. Most of it was just modern, like Call of Duty and Minecraft. And oh, yeah. It's all, all mixed that. together. Yeah, yeah. I see. So that was the closest I got to buying something. Mm. Yep. Okay. Well, I did pick the game that I had to pick for my Club Nintendo Platinum status reward. Um, oh, you I was did? debating okay. which one I had to get, and I had to pick one before the end of um, before the end of April. Mm. So ended up did picking up that Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze game, um, figuring that was probably the best bang for the buck. Yeah, that's what we you were mentioning last time. Yeah, I was leaning that way. There were a couple of other contenders, but they were smaller games that I could probably pick up for. You know, if I'm still interested in them, I could pick them up for for much cheaper. Um, the Donkey Kong game, as far as I know, is still, like, at least a $40 game, so for a free download, that's not too bad. Um, and the other thing that I ended up picking up was uh, a suggestion, if you want to call it that, <laughs> or at least, you know, something that uh, our friend Frankie had mentioned, the mysterious um, special edition item <laughs> from uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> the I thought I saw you post this on Facebook, and I was like, what on earth is this thing? Well, this is something that Frankie had gotten, because he had picked it up from eBay. Um, and, I, I'm a, you know, I, I'm always uh, on the lookout for some odd special edition items, but mm-hmm. this one probably does take the cake. Um, you know, so I guess this you could think of this as sort of the modern version of a lava lamp but instead you have a sword in, you know with swirling plasma around it i think that's pretty neat mm. so i just had I to have one so. <laughs> yeah yeah so frankie but uh, where does it fit into the metal gear universe well this you know revengeance was or rising was like this sort of this offshoot uh-huh. of um metal gear 4 i believe metal gear solid 4 and uh it had um you know, electricity coming out of a knife. Well, it was a different playable character in this one. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to get too deep into that game, but okay. other than the fact that this is just a weird item to have, it is weird to but, have in a box. Uh, yeah. And uh, there was a seller on eBay that was getting, letting, you know, was selling loose versions of this, uh, this I, plasma lamp <laughs> separately. I don't see the collectability of it, but, mm. oh, I guess it's kind of cool. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen plasma lamps before, so that, that to me, that's not... Sure. Doesn't, you know... I guess it was the first time I ever saw anything like that. It's pretty cool, but um, the only difference is now it has, a, a, like, a knife or something in the middle of it. Right, and it says Metal Gear, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, that, right. that's, that seals the deal. <laughs> Listen, if Konami disappears, this will be a relic of their legacy. Well, I, I guess. That's, not, that's pretty sad, if that's the case. <laughs> it's very unfortunate that that's the last thing you're going to remember from Konami. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I suppose before we wrap up, we can mention some feedback that we got. Ooh, feedback. Yeah. Um, we did get some comments Great. from our last episode, our 1985 uh, flashback. Flashback episode. Um, so our friend Raul Angel mentions that he remembers... The uh, the corner pizzeria near our high school. How does he remember that? Well, he, he wasn't in your brain, was he? He was in my high school, however. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we we go we go back a bit, and oh. uh, there was apparently a pizza place there that he recalls a Robotron machine. That's pretty cool because yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we didn't grow up too far apart. 
mm-hmm. you and I, and you know we're a different age, but I don't know anything about your neighborhood really. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're only like what twenty minutes away, and I'm, you don't remember a lot of stuff from my neighborhood. So no, no, it's um, you know the world's pretty small when you're yeah. that young, and uh, <laughs> it's funny too because I I do recall the the location he mentions, but I remember that place mostly for a missile command machine. Mm. Um, that was the first place I had played missile command, which is a bit of an earlier game than 85. Um, but it still left enough of an impression on me. For some reason that, that machine was in there for a long time, but it was, it was, uh, always cool. (laughs) It gave me a good, a good excuse to go in there. So what exactly did he say? Because I sort of interrupted you. <laughs> well, no, he just said that he, you know, he remembers like that that machine still being there in '85. Oh, okay. um, you know, they're both. I guess Robotron is what '82, so I guess it lasted a while to still be there yeah. in '85. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, our other friend Mark also comments and mentions that he, his big game for 1985, um, even though there were a lot of big games. And he means, when he says big, he means big. He means huge. All right? <laughs> but for him, it was Ultima 4, which, uh, you know, Quest for the Avatar, latest, uh, at the time, latest game in the Ultima series. Hmm. Um, and uh, I did play a little bit of Ultima 4. I didn't get that deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Ultima 3. I finished that game. Uh, and I thought that game was huge. I thought Ultima 3 was... A massive game, and then by the time Ultima Four came out, that came on two floppies. Ultima Three was one disc, but Ultima Four but was were two. Were they two high density floppies? Or no, oh. no, no, no. These were single density. <laughs> uh, you know, not double density. Um, games back then only came on single density. Because those bytes can mean a lot back then. No, nah, we're talking. We're talking 90k per side <laughs> floppy di- floppy disks. Um, yeah, I mean that game was a bit intimidating. It came on two disks. I'm like, man, this game must be enormous. I don't know if, when I'm going to get to play it, but uh, I played it a little bit. I didn't get that deep into it, um, but maybe someday. Uh, interesting to note though that the PC version of Ultima Four is actually uh-huh. a free download. From GOG.com. It's one of the games that you get for free if you create an account there. Really? Yeah. So, if anybody wants to play Ultima 4, they can just grab it from there. Hmm. And, um... It's I, only, I had the first two or three on the Atari 800. Right. I don't know if it, I had three. Because I, I played it on the NES um, Exodus, well, Ultima Exodus on NES. Hmm. That came out um, much later. Yeah, and I don't know if that's an exact port either. Mm. But um, the Atari ones were rough. I remember, like, you know, they were the first one especially. I think it was just kind of a black screen, and everything was just one like monochrome. And Almost, yeah. I mean, it was like you had to choose walk walk down ladder, or climb up ladder. It was like yeah. really simple. Well, those those games were were modeled pretty much after the Apple II version. Okay. So that was kind of the lead, if you want to call it the lead platform of the mm. day. Ultima 4. Huh. Was that on anything? Uh, consoles? Uh, yeah, it came out later, I like, believe. Was it Sega Master System? Or? Uh, no Ultima's on that. Was that King's Quest? I mean, King's Quest. Couldn't tell you offhand. Okay. Uh, I have to look it up. Yeah, it goes far back. I don't know. <laughs> that's hard to remember. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that's where we're at. How about you? Anything else? I have no feedback, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. 
All right. So I guess we'll call it a day. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. And remember to continue sending us feedback. Uh, Facebook is great. We're at Brooklyn Bites on on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can also email us at obbfeedback at gmail.com. Or uh, just Google search us. We're on iTunes. Um, I think that's it. That's about it. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next time. Bye.